We might make some connections to learning, but really, this is all about Star Wars. It is the Learning Geek Star Wars After Show coming your way now. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Or in the words of Jar Jar Binks, hey, old boyos. <laughs> you know, I, I read an article saying that Jar Jar Binks was George Lucas's favorite character. Favorite. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And I will tell you, like, the love for Ahmed Best that we saw last week. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the love for Kelly Marie Tran, uh, both of whom played Star Wars characters that were not universally accepted by every single fan and subsequently kind of had some mental health issues as a result. Um, It was really heartwarming. But man, we're we're diving right in. We are. So we should do a little bit of intro. (laughs) I was going to say, give some context. Why why are we having this show at this point? Yeah, why are we doing this? So so as our regular listeners know, uh, we are passionate about Star Wars. And it's more Jake and me than it is Dana. Uh, but Dana provides that good voice of the audience when we talk about Star Wars. So that's great. Yeah. Um, and it's and not that I don't like Star Wars. I have great memories right, of right, go- right. walking out of the theater and just thinking, wow, they find Hollywood finally did it. They finally made a great film. For sure. For sure. And we could talk about that for an hour on its own. But um, but over the last two weeks, Jake and I have had very Star Wars focused existence. So, uh, so Jake and I went to, uh, we'll talk about all of this, but Jake and I went to Orlando, Florida together and ran the star Wars half marathon. And then Jake went home. I road tripped with my brother up to Chicago for the star Wars celebration, which was the five day long star Wars convention. And it was the fountain of star Wars news. So, we found out what the title of episode nine was, which is The Rise of Skywalker, if you haven't heard. And we saw a trailer for it, and we heard about all sorts of things coming in the Star Wars universe. So we thought it would be good to, instead of peppering that into a normal Learning Geeks show, we would just go ahead and do a show that was all about this. So those of you who appreciate this can listen to it, and those of you who don't aren't stuck listening to us completely nerd out, because it was a phenomenal experience. All right, so let's start. So, Jake, let's talk a little bit about Orlando. Uh, now, I ran, I, I didn't just do the half marathon. I did the 5K with my brother, which right. was a very interesting experience because we were on the starting line, ready to go, and the guy came up and we thought that he was going to start the race, and instead he said, there's weather in the area and we have to evacuate the whole race course. And what that meant <laughs> was... We were in the back of the Epcot parking lot, and we had to walk all the way through the parking lot into the park, past the giant spaceship Earth golf ball that everybody knows, and into the Interventions building and wait out the lightning. That was about an hour, but then the lightning was gone, so the race was back on. Well, it was still raining, so... (laughs) So we basically ran through a rain-soaked Epcot. Now, the thing that was tough was my brother was not so interested in doing a 5K and more interested in getting his picture taken with a bunch of (laughs) Disney characters uh, because he was dressed up as Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
and um, and none of the Disney characters were out in the rain. So for him, it was kind of a wash, pun intended. Uh, but but we we managed to get through, and and it was fun. It was a it was a good bonding experience. But we we got back, and we were like wet puppy dogs. And I think Jake was really really happy that he hadn't signed up for the five k when he saw us come in. Which is good because it's funny because I had to still part of the training. I had to run about a 5K distance anyway. But um, yeah, I, even though before I was bummed that I didn't do it. But then after <laughs> when I heard about all the storms and everything, I was totally glad I didn't do it. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I think one of the things, Bob, I don't think you mentioned uh, yet is for everybody that's interested in running a run Disney event. Um, and again, this was a Star Wars themed is yeah. and this was your first run Disney one, right? Yeah, this is my first run, and and yeah, and yeah. someone asked me, "Is like, would you ever do it again?" And I said, "Absolutely." And the only thing that was tough was the fact that you had to get at the park by three thirty in the morning. Um, we had a park, so we drove, we parked, we parked at um, Epcot, and that was I think we got there at three o'clock in the morning. Hopped a bus mm-hmm. over to Magic Kingdom, so it was about three three thirty in the morning, and they had. And this was was for the half marathon. Did they have the same thing for the the uh, the five k when you guys did that kind of same setup? We didn't have to move because it was all at Epcot. But yes, we had to get out there very early. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. by the time you got out there, you know, it's three thirty four o'clock in the morning. Everybody, for some reason, everybody was just completely pumped up, um, half sleepy, you know, somewhat, but. You know, they had the, they had stages going, they had people, uh, they had Star Wars music going, they had parts of movies going, um, a total different energy. And for me, who really, I only had about four hours of sleep the night before, um, I felt like I had at least seven, maybe, <laughs> just because <laughs> of the vibe that was in. So yeah. it was really cool to have thousands and thousands of people here. And I, I did read um, something from the Orlando Sentinel. I think that's the paper, the news there, um, that they estimated 40,000 people came down for the weekend, specifically for this weekend, for the Star Wars weekend, which is crazy. 40,000 Star Wars nerds on top of all the other guests <laughs> that are usually there at Disney World. There are 40,000. Now, I have no idea who how many actually ran the half marathon, but... I can tell you there were just a ton of people, a ton of ants. I always say ants whenever there's that many people. Just a ton, a ton of ants. There's one time when the race course takes you basically over an interchange. So you run down a road and then you go up the ramp and then you cross the bridge and you're able to look back over the bridge and see the thousands of people Mm -hmm. behind you. And that's actually encouraging because it made me know that I wasn't in last place. <laughs> like I felt like I was. Yeah. I was going to say years ago when, uh, Bob, you and I, and a few others did the, the, um, tower of terror 13 K that's right. That was not a morning run. That was an evening run. If I remember right, we got to the Hollywood studios parking lot about 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, and, you know, so you already had a full day. And then, you know, it wasn't a full half marathon, but it was, you know, what, eight miles or whatever. 13K. 13K, 13K eight miles. Translates yeah. to. That was, that was a blast. And that too was, you know, 15, 20,000 of my closest friends running alongside of me. <laughs> yeah, it really was fun. And, you know, one very loose learning connection that I thought about with the half marathon, Jake, was, um, was just in terms of going at your own pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think applies to learning because I guess, you know, in my mind, we hadn't really talked about this that much going up to it, but in my mind, 
I knew Jake is younger than me, fitter than me. I knew that he would probably be going faster than me. So in my mind, I thought, well, you know, we'll, we'll start together and we'll probably be together for like the first mile or so. And then, you know, Jake will go ahead and peel off and, and that will be fine because I think everybody should run at their own race. Well, as we were talking, I think Jake was like, well, I, I'm doing, you know, like nine minute miles. I was like, I'm doing more like 13 minute <laughs> miles. So why don't we say goodbye at the starting line and we'll just go off and do our own thing. And what was interesting about that was we were able to do the race each at our own pace, but like, I didn't feel, I I didn't feel alone. Like, you know, I mean, I had thousands of people around me, obviously, but you know, I kind of knew that you were out there and I didn't feel completely disconnected from you. So I I thought that that was really cool. I felt like we were still on a team, you know? I, I, I I agree. Like one of the things that Bob and I did, we, we actually uh, shared our location. So there was, I think I checked twice during the race where you were at. And I knew I checked after. Like, wow, you're way far back. Yeah. <laughs> Has Bob started the, yet? <laughs> one of the things. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that was really cool, though, is that throughout the race, they they have these. Uh, they set up characters, so they have characters all throughout the park. Their picture opportunities. So there's one moment where Chewbacca was on, you know, halfway through, or Princess Leia was right there, or Rey, or Kylo Ren, or stormtroopers. And um, Darth Maul, that was actually one guy I stopped with. And you run up there, you take a picture. And it was great. Like one thing that I noticed from for me, again, kind of going this own pace thing, I wanted to keep a pace, but I also wanted to have fun. And I noticed that a lot of people that were there who looked really, really fit, they looked like they were extreme runners. They were doing it too. They weren't racing just to do a best time. And I think Bob said it best at the day of that morning of, I said, you don't run these races for your best time. You run them to have fun, yeah. but at the same time finish. And that's kind of how my take was. I, I wanted to, I, I personally had a goal of, you know, completed in a certain amount of time or keeping a certain pace when I was actually running or stopping in pictures. Um, and I did that, but I just think the, the, again, the, the nerds and the geekness of star Wars and everybody around. And then plus knowing Bob was in the race, I totally didn't feel alone at all running that. Yeah. Sometimes you, yeah, I, it was it, cool. It, it occurs to me, it'd be interesting to get the the folks that do the tough mutters combined with uh, this Disney half marathon. Yes. So you do all sorts of obstacles. You could have the characters be the ones who impose the obstacles. <laughs> dive over mickey yeah but, yeah so you know but before we get to star wars celebration the one other thing that we did in orlando that dana i don't know if you knew this but jake and i went back to the void and we did the secrets of the empire oh. experience mm-hmm. again uh which we did with right. you and with michelle this fall um what was interesting about that was because it was just the two of us we were paired with two random people that we didn't know. So we kind of had that experience of like, okay, it's our pair and your pair and how do we collaborate and all that kind of stuff. And we very quickly said, we've been through this before. So you guys go ahead and kind of take the lead. We want you to try to solve the puzzles and explore it on your own and all that kind of stuff. But then we really uh, shot a lot of stormtroopers. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) When Bob won, Bob was the, the lead of the team. Yeah, I think I had a 50% accuracy rating, which for yeah. an Imperial Stormtrooper is super high. Yeah, mine was 30. Everybody mine was 39. I still think that was high compared to probably what, the 25 yeah. of a normal Stormtrooper. Yeah, so that was great. 
So then I won't even talk about the road trip other than to say I've realized the older I get, the less road trips bother me (laughs) because it it was like it was no big deal. It was like we spent uh, we spent two days driving from Orlando to Chicago, spent the night in Atlanta, and it was a very mellow, no drama, easy drive, uh, pretty relaxing. Uh, But the relaxation stopped when we got to Chicago because then it was time (laughs) for Star Wars Celebration. Um, and the the big marquee event that I really want to talk about was the Episode Nine panel. So the way it worked with Star Wars Celebration, now in the past, what they've done is you have these big panels where, you know, the, the directors and the stars and they're going to show a new trailer for a new movie, you know, the, the ones that are very popular and in demand. Typically, those will be in the morning and people will start lining up for them like the afternoon before and spend, you know, spend the night overnight. And that's kind of part of the con experience, which it's kind of cool from the community experience before older, uh, more fragile people like me. It really kind of wrecks your con. (laughs) So so this year and especially because we were in Chicago and it turned out to be winter, especially on Sunday, we'll get to that. Um, Chicago wouldn't let people line up overnight. So they did a lottery system. So you entered your lottery for the big panels for each day and you either got in or you didn't. And it was kind of left up to left up to the will of the force as to whether you were going to get in. So we were able to get into the overflow room for the episode nine panel. And then we were able to get in the actual room for two of the other panels that we'll talk about in a minute. But that episode nine panel, so we are in there. uh, We're basically in a room with a giant projection screen. So it's like, you know, video relay, but there's still a thousand people in there. So that energy is just electric. It's, it's super, everybody's buzzing, right? It's super exciting. And the panel starts, Stephen Colbert was the host. Uh, who is a Star Wars Uber fan. And he was Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. He did what he does. And, you know, brought out the J.J. Uh, Abrams, the director, and Kathleen Kennedy, the producer, and uh, and then all of the different people one by one. Billy D. Williams was amazing. Uh, he was just so cool. He had so much swagger. Yeah, he was good. And they, they, yeah, and, and Colbert asked him, you know, well, how did you get back into the role of Lando? And he just looks, he's like, Lando never left me. And we're all like, yeah, so cool. So, but, but the big thing that was just amazing was when they showed the trailer and actually, let me say this, just in case you are 15 minutes into the star Wars focus conversation and you have not watched the trailer yet, hit pause right now, go over to YouTube, Google, well, search in YouTube for episode nine trailer and watch it. Okay. Now I'm assuming you've done that. So the trailer starts and, you know, there's a little bit of excitement building up. You hear Ray breathing and then you see her and she lights her lightsaber and there's kind of a little bit of a buzz. Uh, and then that TIE fighter comes in and it starts chasing her and she starts running away from it. And then she does that vault to go up and over it. And the crowd just went crazy, <laughs> right? It was just like, ah. I've got and chills then, again, Bob, thinking about right? it because I do too. I, I yeah. mean, I wasn't there, but when I was watching it, I, I, I watched the panel, you know, uh, after I watched the trailer, of course. But when that moment happened, I seriously just went crazy <laughs> because of how cool it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So then the rest of the trailer keeps going. And, you know, the big buzz came when 
you saw Lando flying the Millennium Falcon. Uh, you know, everybody like <laughs> loved that. And then, yeah, and then they showed Carrie Fisher as Leia, and everybody kind of had that oh moment. You know, everybody misses Carrie Fisher. Um, then you got to the last main shot, and I didn't realize that it was the Death Star that they were looking, the wreckage of the Death oh, Star that didn't. they were okay. looking at over the cliff. Not the first time. It was only the second time that they played it. Um, I just thought it was like, is that like the wreckage of some ship? I thought that what was the laser eye was actually like an engine of a ship or something like that. I didn't quite get it. But so there was, and I think other people had that same experience. So there was a little bit of a buzz, but not quite as much. Um, but then you, you hear Luke say, no one's ever really gone. And I remember in my mind, all of a sudden it clicked. It's like, you know, that doesn't just apply to the good guys. The Jedi. And then the screen went black and then you heard the emperor laugh. And that was the moment when I think everybody in the room got up off of their feet and like completely lost control. Uh, It was like (laughs) a completely involuntary reaction. Everybody was on their feet yelling like, and then they show that the title is the rise of Skywalker, Mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, looking back on it now, there's some whining about it. Most people think it's a great title. And so I love it. Then it's like, ah, you know, it was like one note higher. (laughs) Um, but then in the panel, and this is what you might've missed is in the panel, when they finished showing the trailer, uh, the lights went black again. The screen, or I'm sorry, the lights on the stage came up red, yep. and Ian McDermott, who plays the Emperor, walks out, and then everybody's like, sees who it is, and is screaming again. It's another note higher, ah! And he can't talk for a couple minutes because everybody is screaming so loud. But he once he laughing. finally talks, he was trying to laugh. Yeah, he was trying to get into character. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Because then he gets into character and he, he says roll it again and literally <laughs> drops the mic. And that's when everybody went absolutely ape. I mean, it was just amazing. It was an incredible experience and, you know, just the, the togetherness. So like, you know, the, for the episode seven trailer, which they premiered at a celebration kind of similar to that, I had a similar experience to you guys. It was, it was couch con for me. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't make it over to the convention center for that. And I decided just to watch it at home. And I remember the end of that episode seven trailer. And when Han and Chewie come in and Han says, Chewie, we're home. Oh, I remember, yeah. you know, yeah. weeping like a yeah. baby, uh, just like seeing my old friends again. Um, so that was a, a, that was a magical experience right there, but there is really something special about being in that room with so many other people, um, which, which really kind of, talks about what the experience was like for the entire weekend of it. There was such a sense of connection and togetherness. And I put out a tweet that said, you know, don't believe the hype that star Wars fandom is fractured uh, because I've never been part of a group where there was so much kindness and connection and just a sense of we're all in this together. Uh, It was a really, really wonderful experience. You know, I, to that point, there's, I, I just, when I hear that, I totally disagree with it. It's because I think it's from the perspective of someone that grew up with Star Wars early on, right? Some from the, 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 the 77 and on. The thing is, mm-hmm. is I look at my daughter who's five and a half years old and she loves Star Wars. She loves all the characters. She loves the stories. I mean, she, I read a Star Wars book, I feel, every day. 
or I have, I have, uh, actually have Phantom Menace on, uh, uh, it was on CD, but I put it into uh, like an audio format for our HomePod. And um, mm-hmm. she listens to that. And I just think of it's so amazing, especially being at the uh, Disney last week. And again, I'm not wasn't at the at celebration, but even at Disney, the kids, the the younger generation, they grew up with Star Wars and a different mindset. And they still love the originals. They, but they also love the prequels, which I think some people would disagree with. But like, my my daughter loves Phantom Menace, and it's just it's just really fascinating to see. And, and then with mm-hmm. the cartoons out, and with now Mandalorian coming out, and, and then again seeing those connections with uh, even the old and the new. So I think that's why it works with the with Emperor coming back. And you know, immediately I'm thinking of the story of. Doth Plagueis the Wise, you know, <laughs> Plagueis the Wise. The tragedy. Have you ever heard? Which I, which I watched again. I watched that and or that part again. But um, I just think it's a fascinating thing. And then again, I'm jealous because I wasn't being able to be there. But just experiencing it in my comfort of my own couch, I was getting chills. I was getting emotional, especially when the trailer came out. And, you know, I, I just love it. And I think there are more and more generations continue to love it. And uh, I mean, there's just more Star Wars. And I know that there's so much stuff that came out in Star Wars Celebration that uh, more people are going to be able to continue on the legacy of the story. Dana, you, you said you kind of couch conned it yeah. and watched a few yeah. of the panels. What was your, what was your I, what, reaction? What amazes me is from that very first uh, show that I saw back in, what was, must have been 19, when was the... First one, 1977. So what amazes me is thinking back to that first show. And I remember walking out of the theater and going, wow, you know, Hollywood has finally made just a spectacular film. Um, And to see where that universe has gone from that initial film is just amazing. And one of the things that as I was, you know, kind of on the periphery of listening to a couple of the, the panels and. Uh, also listening to a couple of commentators, you know, Bob, you probably know the name Dean Richards. He's one of the, um, right. He's the entertainment oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, personality here in Chicago. Uh, anyway, he was saying that he was there. And one of the things that amazed him was the, uh, the, the, some of the people that dressed up who never broke character. He said he was amazed that there were some people he'd walk up to interview them and they would respond in the character that they were. So what was your experience with that? I mean, how did you experience a similar thing where just, you know, a lot of the people were really into the, into the characters they were portraying? Yes. Well, my, my brother who I went with cosplayed as Obi-Wan Kenobi and did he break my, character? Uh, yeah, well he did occasionally. He, he actually did some really funny things cause he's a pretty funny guy. So, you know, what he would do is anytime he saw a princess Leia dressed up in her, episode four, the original Star Wars movie costume, he would walk up to her and be like, I'm sorry I came as quickly as I could. I'm sorry I couldn't come to help you because, you know, the whole you're my only hope. And, you know, and then everybody would laugh and take pictures and stuff like that. So uh, he he looked great as Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's got the hair. He had the beard. Uh, His costume was good. And uh, so I kind of, you know, his job right now is he's an attendant for the characters at the Disney parks. And I basically was his character attendant through celebration. <laughs> so I was the one who was like taking Roll the pictures reversal. for people like, yeah, here, take my phone. Can you take a picture? Sure. No problem. So what were some um, of the other really elaborate costumes that you saw? 
Well, you saw people dressed up as pretty much any character that you can think of. Were there uh, any droids? And oh, a lot of droids. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of droids. Um, one thing that was funny, though, was some of the more obscure ones. So one person dressed up as Octo Island, which is the island that Luke <laughs> exiles himself <laughs> on. So they basically, yeah. So they basically <laughs> just had like a big cloth over their head. So they kind of looked like an island. And then they had a bunch of stuffed porgs oh. <laughs> all over themselves. It was very cute. Very uh, so a lot of pun things like yeah. that. Um, I, I saw a, a mashup of um, a stormtrooper in Sailor Moon, if you know that Japanese anime. So it's kind of a, a girls like uh, sailor dress from Japan. Uh, some crazy things. Um, one thing that was funny is there was this little there. It was actually a woman, but dressed up as a, uh, as a uh, male, like an alien in a green outfit, had a big beard and mustache. And I was like, what is that? I kind of recognize that. And then I realized it was one of the holographic dancers from one of the really more bizarre Se- uh, sections of the Star Wars Holiday Special. I was like, "That is a deep reach for your cosplay <laughs> to do something like that." So people people had a lot of people had a lot of fun with it, and that was great. But you know, looping back to to what what Jake was saying is, so many little kids dressed up, and th- that was just a beautiful thing is seeing mm-hmm. all of the little kids. And I, I did see one picture. I didn't see this live, but. Um, if you remember in the last Jedi, there was the sequence when Ray is down in the dark side cave and she sees all the reflections of herself mm-hmm. and she snaps and it kind of goes down the line. So they had like everybody who was dressed up as Ray oh. get in one big oh, time like that cool. and do the snap. And what was so magical about that was just the diversity, you know? So you saw everybody was dressed as Ray, but you know, different, uh, ages and body types and ethnicities and stuff like that. And it was, it was a very, very cool uh, thing to see. I'll see if I can, I can bring up that picture again. Yeah, that'd be cool. So one, one thing that was cool was uh, the Mandalorian. So this is the new television show that is going to be on the Disney plus service. And I think they're kind of intending it to be their game of Thrones yeah, it is. It is definitely Star Wars, but it is more adult. It is grittier. Uh, they're saying it's going to be kind of like a cowboy movie and samurai movie put together, but in the Star Wars universe. So I think that's definitely one to watch for. That will be great. So a cowboy movie. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Or Samaboy. 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 Yeah. In space. Um, and so that was cool. Uh, they did have a preview of the new uh, the new Star Wars video game called Jedi Fallen Order that is coming out. Also for Vader Immortal, which is the virtual reality thing that's going to be on the Oculus Quest. We've talked about that before. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play the demo, but everybody I talked to who did was like, I am going to pre-order a Quest the moment I can because this was amazing. I was going to say that was one of the panels that I listened to. And to me, the the fun thing was as they were talking about the the way that they've been able to emulate the the lightsaber they said it, it even has the sound so when you you know when you first flash it up and when you swish it yes uh, and and the people were saying that you know instead of instead of practicing it they were just turning it on and off and swishing it back and forth just because it was so cool and so realistic yeah so so it's everything that i'm hearing again about the oculus quest is 
supporting my theory that it could be a game changer for us in the uh, in the corporate learning field uh, in terms of using virtual reality. So keep an eye on that. We'll keep tracking that as we go. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, of course, because they had that's the new land at, mm-hmm. at Disneyland, at Disney World, and they had a huge display. Uh, they had one of the ride vehicles that you could get your picture in. And they had demonstrations of all the merchandise that they're going to have. But one thing that was super cool, and this was really powerful and meaningful, and I think something I, I want to steal at some point for a learning event I, I design, is they had uh, booths set up. They called them fan fessionals. And they had a little booth set up, and you could walk in there, and it was all automated off an iPad. But you could record... 15, 20 seconds about either what Star Wars meant to you or how excited you were for Galaxy's Edge to open. So they, you know, everybody who experienced it, they kept all those. And then in the panel, they revealed that they're going to put all of those into a Jedi holocron that will be available somewhere in the park. So people will be able to go up and basically watch these videos. You know, probably it'll be a random thing. You'll get a random reaction of a fan. And, you know, from the the cultural storytelling aspect, I thought it was a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, really exciting and it's an interesting experiment. It's going to be interesting to see how it actually plays out when it gets to the land and how people react to it. But that's something I want to be able to track too. I can imagine that integrated throughout and then you, you get... You get those stories and it just constantly, you're, so you're like, you're in the environment, you're in this, this new galaxy, this, or not galaxy, this new uh, world of the galaxy. And, and then on top of it, you get kind of the, the real, the reality of people talking about how excited they are and how they love Star Wars. I can almost see it that way. And again, I'm not saying that that's how they're going to do it, but it'd be very cool to have it that way. As I walk through, I'm reminded that I'm in this, what feels like a real world, but at the same time this world that I've loved for so long. And I'm also feeling the love from everybody else, which would be pretty cool. That gets to the point of immersion, which I again, I think connects with, uh, with corporate learning and how powerful having deeply immersive role play experiences is. Um, and just every effort that they're making to be completely immersive. So one of the things that I know I was wondering about is, uh, Disneyland and Disney World have had relationship with Coke, Coca-Cola forever. And so I knew there's no way that you weren't going to be able to get Coke in the land, right? But how are they going to do it and make it immersive? And they revealed it. And what they did was, first off, they made fancy bottles. They're kind of yeah, science fiction yep. looking bottles. Um, but then they redid all of the logos for all the Coke products, but in Orabesh in the Star Wars language. And they did a fantastic job mm-hmm. with the graphic design of this. Um, and then they they gave us all T-shirts. They gave us all Coca-Cola in Oribes T-shirts. <laughs> so, uh, so that was really fun. But just how immersive that's going to be. Uh, and we've only got about six weeks to go until we'll be able to get in there and check it out. So yeah, sounds like another after show might be coming up on it, that one. Yeah, you for bet. sure. And, and there's one last thing too, before we wrap it up, there's one last like learning takeaway that I did have. And it was back at the park um, for the run. And again, like I said, there's imagine there's 40,000 people that come in here world, really worldwide, globally, right? There's people from all over the place come here. Many of them don't speak English. And one of the things I was fascinated about, not just at the parks, but also with how they set up these run Disney events, is the simplicity of instructions. And I'm almost almost thinking in like how mm. Ikea does it, where 
you know that they use pictures and very simple instructions. And it reminded me and kind of made me think again about when we create instructions, especially us as designers, instructional designers, we often overdo it or write too much. But then I was super amazed with the simplicity of instructions. They have an audience that doesn't speak one language, but visuals mm-hmm. and and uh, pictures are, are things that are universal. So I think that to me was my takeaway. And uh, I'm actually, I actually thought about it this week and some of the things that I've been working on and what I can apply yeah. for it. Yeah, it's a great take. So listen, uh, we're out of time, so we're going to wrap this up. But the last thing I will say is the final announcement of the convention was that there will be a Star Wars Celebration 2020 and it will be in Anaheim. So I am going to Road trip. lay down the challenge gauntlet for both of you guys. Twenty that you should both come out for that, and then uh, and then we'll be able to go to Galaxy's Edge together. Uh, and also, any of our listeners, if you listen to this and you're remotely interested in Star Wars and you want to join us in Anaheim, I don't have enough room to house everybody, but we would love to see you, and uh, that could be a really cool meetup fun. experience. Yep. So we'll see what can happen. Sounds like a sounds like a worthy gauntlet to throw down. <laughs> That's great. All right, so uh, so that's about it. So from me, Bob, and from Jake and Dana, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. Next time, we will get back on the 100% learning track in just a little bit of Star Wars. But until then, uh, have a great time, and may the Force be with you. See you guys. See you.